Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Folks, if you'd like a copy of my best-selling first book, Tales of a First Round Nothing, head on over to ecwpress.com. If you'd like a copy of my second book, Tales with TR, Fights, Film, and Folklore, head on over to www.flankerpress.com. If you'd like either copy personalized, just add a note. Thanks for listening to my podcast, and happy reading. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to a special episode, episode 151C of Tales with TR. I promised it, and though it's a little late, I deliver this week, of course, we're going to have three podcasts as opposed to my regular two, making up for a few weeks ago, and it's just, uh, to be honest, time is... Available time is sporadic as we shoot Shorzy. But I won't waste any more time talking about it. Let's get to it. Here we go, ladies and gents. Boys and girls, my next guest stars as Brant Goody Goodleaf in the hit TV show Shorzy, which is now shooting here in beautiful Sudbury, Ontario. He's an experienced UFC fighter and youth development coordinator. Spends part of the year working in the First Assist program, a program dedicated towards education through motivation, using sports and other activities as a platform to unite and motivate indigenous youth, indigenous youth here in Canada. He is a fierce fighter, a great guy, a poised player, an awesome actor, a deadly dad, a fine friend. He'll give you a licking and then eat your chicken. He can play with the best and comes from out west. He scored against the Sioux and is in good shape, too. People call him Goody, and they say he's got a big Woody. He doesn't usually sing, but he can fly down the wing. Folks, my grandpa was a soldier and once used a cannon. Please welcome to the show. It's Andrew and Sanon. How you doing, Andrew? That's quite the intro, T.R. I love it. I'm doing well, man. Thanks for having me. No problem. And you know what? Look, this is how many questions I got written because I know you and I know exactly what I want to ask you. The, the answer is zero, people. Um, and we're just going to keep this one audio, by the way, for those of you, before I start, for those of you looking for the YouTube feed, it'll, it'll start back up again when I get home, flying home on May 11th, um, from our Shorzy shoot, which in my opinion has gone pretty well so far. What do you think of season two, Goody? Oh man, there's a lot of surprises for everybody. Mm. I mean, uh, 
first season was good, but the second season is definitely going to have a a big bang to this <laughs> this whole thing. So we're excited for y'all to see it. And uh, yeah, you guys are in for a real treat. It's been a lot of fun. Now, listen, I at least was kind of involved in the acting game before we got here. If nothing else, behind the scenes for years, the odd stunt. And I had, you know, I had played a few roles on camera. I think it was a little different for you. But picking up on our conversation yesterday, the scene that we did yesterday without giving it away, didn't that feel more uh, more natural? Like, I think we're all getting better. How about you? Do you feel more comfortable now acting? Of course. I mean, the first season, we were all still getting to know each other, you know. But now it's like, you know, we have kind of like, it's a, it's a family sort of thing, right? Yeah, and you got it. In front of the cameras, it's not so much nerve-wracking anymore. We can more or less be ourselves, and we have our own chemistry, and uh, we make sure we get all the laughs out of the way before we start shooting. But, I mean, sometimes we can't help ourselves, and yeah. just the chemistry that we have is is fucking unbelievable, man. Yeah, I got to be honest, and it's 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 funny that we're using actual hockey players because it really, like I've, again, I've worked on films before, and they're not, a lot of the time, not, athletes are part of any group coming in their actors tend to travel and, and on, on their own and i mean they're, they're part of a unit here and there but this really feels like a family um which for me is is a easier environment to work in now speaking of your hockey background because we all came from backgrounds and a lot of us came like have hockey cards or whatever it would be people don't realize like junior a is a high level of hockey you played on team manitoba growing up junior a tell us about your experience first of all where did you play junior again yeah so junior uh i was originally supposed to play down west i was supposed to head to uh ocm blizzards and okay. uh, go to in manitoba know, brandon wheat kings and stuff like that where are you from i'm from northern manitoba lac okay. Prochet. it's a flying community so uh i personally started hockey pretty late so i left when i was 13 14 years old to go uh to, to a school called notre dame in saskatchewan and uh and that was believe it or not that was my first year playing organized hockey you know are you serious yeah so um growing up up north you know living off the land all that stuff hockey just kind of second nature to everybody up there they play you know pond wow. hockey and all that stuff but at a point i uh I really want to give it a shot. And, you know, this is another thing, like in the city, we kind of take it for granted where we could just go to the rink, get ice time. Yeah. You have access to good coaches and whatnot. But up there, there, there is none of that. So you, you got to leave to have that experience to, you know, to pursue something. And at that age, coming from a community, you know, flying community, uh, it's hard leaving, you know, what you're used to and whatnot. So anyways, yeah, man. Left, went to Notre Dame for four years and, uh, I, you know, worked my tail off and, you know, improved every year, every year. And I'm making Team Manitoba with two, three years into, you know, playing organized wow. hockey. <laughs> like when I was coming in, guys were already getting drafted. You know, I went to school with like Morgan Riley, Slater Cuckoo, Liam O'Brien, Stefan Mito. All these guys were fucking big yeah, names man. in the junior, you know, and. I'm the fact that you made Team Manitoba and even played Junior A yeah. after such a late start is wild. Yeah, so, I mean, it was... It You're was, four years there? I went four years there, yeah, graduated. In Wilcox. In Wilcox, yeah. How was that? I mean, you, I mean I've I've been there. I had friends go there. I went and visited. I stayed in the dorms one night. Um, but I, 
I don't know what it would be like all year. I mean, you must have made some real close friends. Yeah, for sure. And again, it's it's an athletic school, right? So like, you know, the boys can get up to some pretty wild stuff. You're in the dorm with yeah. 40 fucking guys. Right? Yeah, all the time. That and must like, be wild. Yeah. So like you could just imagine the kind of stories that, you know, that happen in there. But uh, it was great. You know, Notre Dame's a different type of uh, atmosphere. It's very family-like. You know, a lot of these young kids come from all over the world. And the staff there have a way of of gelling everybody together. And it's a family. It's, an, you know, the Notre Dame family. And, you know, uh, so everything that they offer is very, not just spiritual, but professional. And, and they have a way of making you feel at home away from home, you know. Um, and wow. that's just on a living aspect of it. And then when it comes to the sports, they're very professional, you know. And uh, like I said, it, it's one of the schools I'd recommend anybody that want to, you know, make it further in any type of athletic. Like, there's guys that went to the CFL. There's guys that, you know. Interesting. You know, not it's not just the hockey type yeah. of school, right? So, I mean, you must also drive each other. Guys, all all, all kinds of guys branch out from there and play all over well not just canada not just north america but the world what made you pick ontario uh for for junior a oh so i ended up i ended up going to gatineau i i ended up going to gatineau a little like super late there was uh they're already pretty much finishing their team so anyways they had the roster finished when played junior uh in gunawais with in the quebec junior hockey league yeah um played there for three years i again for me it was more or less I didn't want to go to university right away. I wanted to party it up, do the, you know, That's hang out level, with chicks dude. and all that stuff. It's not stuff, like you were playing you know? junior C. That's a high level. Yeah, it was good. And I was supposed to go back up, you know, to the queue my second year. And uh, I decided to stay playing junior because, for one, yeah. I knew I didn't want to. I knew I wasn't going to make it to the NHL. So I wasn't going to waste any more time after junior. I want to get into my career and whatnot. So anyways, went to Gunawage and they fucking treated me like gold. They gave me an apartment, two bedroom apartment, fully furnished. Gave me a big Condor truck that I got to buzz around in and fucking. They paid me. They took care of my meals, everything. You know, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Well, yeah, that's and, awesome. And uh, playing junior as well. You know, they hooked me up with a job. I was making money, had no bills, playing hockey, a lot of chicks. You know what I mean? Like so. Yeah, it's I mean, really time. get to live the life, you know, like yeah, and, it's that time. It's a good time for an 18, 19, 20 year old. Exactly. And in Montreal. Yeah. You know? I mean, but it's, it's all relative. Like I said, yeah. I was playing hockey. The restaurants got more sophisticated. The clothes were more expensive, but it's the same deal. Yeah. You know, exactly. The, you still get together with the boys, go out, you, you spend your after the game, you go to the pub. I mean, yeah. really, I love that about hockey that the, the levels do change, but for the most part, a dressing room is still a dressing room, exactly. right? And all the boys are going to get in. Or girls nowadays, all kinds of professional leagues popping up. And I'm sure the leaders on the girls' teams are the same as in the dressing room with the boys. <laughs> you know, you get everybody together here and there. becomes camaraderie. That's why I think something like Notre Dame would be a, a phenomenal kind of precursor to all that. To, to not only your your junior career, but, but life. You know, you, yeah. you learn how to how to read off people and be a leader within these situations. That's exactly it. You know, and you know, Notre Dame was really good for that. Hockey's really good for that, but they teach you, you know, life lessons and how to carry yourself, you know, through life and deal with people and diff deal with situations where uh, you know, that are tough, but still you can you can overcome it. And one of the models that Notre Dame is struggle and emerge, right? 
struggle. Yeah. You get through the bullshit. Struggle you, and you emerge. Keep pushing through it, and you know it's it's interesting because most people that go there right off the bat to leave home isn't easy. I did it. I didn't go to Notre Dame, but I did it, and you did it, and so that's the first struggle. I often say, like when when you're in a hockey dressing room. If there's one thing that everybody got in common is that no matter where you are, you love playing, but you miss home to a degree. <laughs> you know, at some point you're at camp going, you know, what's mom and dad up to or my brothers yeah. and sisters or my buddies. So that's the first struggle. And I find the best way to deal with that is any team atmosphere. Yeah. Now, how did you get into UFC? And was it during, after hockey? Did it come out of nowhere? That's what surprised me about you. Not that I wouldn't expect you to be tough or 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 succeed at the particular sport it's how does one lead into the other yeah so it's funny like when i was playing junior in uh in south south shore montreal the owner of the hockey team had a promotional uh like he had his own fight thing going on it's called uh, fight quest so he had his own promotion going and uh one day he he was having a fight and he invited a few of the guys over to watch this you know the event happen really nice venue you know very professional so we're sitting there and i'm watching uh these fights go on and i'm like i look over to the owner his name's peter i said hey pete i said i could fucking fight in one of these he's like come on he's like yeah you get your ass he's like you're just a hockey fighter and this and that but he didn't know that like i already i i had experience in martial arts i have a third degree black belt in taekwondo i you know, like I've done the boxing route and stuff. Like it's always, I've been in it since I was six years old. Oh, yeah. I even got into hockey, you know? So he's like, come on. He's like, you guys will fuck you up, blah, blah, blah. I said, I said, man, I'm better with my feet than I am with my fist, believe it or not. Wow. And like, and you had a lot of penalty minutes there. I, I saw yeah, it, 140, yeah. 150. And it's, and it's funny, like when I went in and I, I, I don't want to have that fucking you know persona of oh he's just a tough guy so when i was there i was playing you know, based on skill and you know yeah, yeah. doing i looked at good well. numbers yeah. and then uh by all means i wasn't a goal scorer or anything but like i I could play the game i was a hard you're a good two-way player yeah i did i did my homework you're epitome of a two-way player decent hitter good center of gravity you'd fight if you had to and you yeah. could put it in the net yeah you weren't a prolific big time leading scorer of the league but if you got it in the slot you would have it was don yeah. yeah so um so again, he's like, oh, like again. So going back to the fact that uh, he's like, well, you're just a tough guy, and I didn't want to again have that persona. But I fought one time, beat the fuck out of somebody, and the next thing you know, guys are trying to fight you, and tougher guys, yeah. tougher guys. So I cleaned the whole league out, and uh, by the end of my, like saying my last year, I, I had no, I had maybe two fights. Nobody wanted to fight, right? Big guys coming down from the queue didn't matter, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyways. Um, so yeah, he just thought he's like, well, you're just a tough guy, like you're just a hockey guy. I was like, all right, whatever. Calls me up on a Tuesday, Tuesday, like so. There's Monday. We have different days of different types of training that we do for martial arts, right? So on a Tuesday is strictly sparring. He said, hey, you, uh, you think you can do it? He's like, come to come to training tonight, Tuesday. Trying to set me up, trying to teach me a lesson, more or less. Yeah, yeah. So I yeah. show up Tuesday, warm up with the guys. You know, we're shadow boxing and then I gear up. Time to spar now. So all right, here we go. <laughs> and um and so we started going off and I start fucking throwing kicks, mixing it up a little bit, jab. These guys don't know how to take it. Oh, and nice. I start fucking, you know, not trying to, you know, pump my own tires in, but I started kicking guys in the head and this and that. After long story short, after that, I said, Fuck, you're fighting the next event. And it's like <laughs> two months. So in two months, 
<laughs> I was training five days a week, uh, six days a week, three, four hours a day on top of playing hockey and stuff. So this is my second year junior, um, you know, with hockey practice involved, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Strict diet plan, six meals a day, you know, weighed right out, everything. So I went through, you know, the whole nine yards of, of being a fighter, right? So get in there. My first fight, I fought a tough guy, Alex O'Neill. He, he, I think he was, uh, he played in the OHL. He was a big goon there too. He ended up going to the Islanders camp as a tough guy. So that was my first fight in, in, in the octagon. And Where? In, in Ganawage. Yeah. Okay. So in Montreal area. And uh, he was a tough motherfucker too. You know, we were both just starting out the thing, the kind of, uh, the way they promoted was two hockey players going at it in the ring kind of thing, right? So we end up fighting and uh, I end up beating him majority decision. And then all within two months of learning jujitsu and all this stuff, right? After that, they booked me right away for another fight, fought another tough kid that's doing very well, Zach Powell. I mean, they're both on the radar of going into the UFC now and uh, good wrestler, good grappler. Beat him in a split decision. And then my third fight was fighting for the belt and uh so it just kept getting heightened in such a quick amount of time you know short period of time and was supposed to fight for the belt my third fight or sorry no not the third fight i thought fought another guy third fight uh he's from northern ontario he was good he represented canada uh in muay thai in italy and and funny enough i got asked to try out for the team too but i didn't really think too much of it and uh so I didn't really pursue it, but we ended up fighting and I kind of ran through him, beat him. And then two weeks later, he's representing Team Canada in one second. In, wow. Yeah. So I was like, oh shit, I could have fucking been a part of that. Yeah, and, I guess. Know? And then, uh, yeah, so after that, I I um, I ended up, they had me because I beat all the kind of the top amateur guys. And so the next stop was me fighting for a belt. So went through all that, trained with a few UFC guys, you know, out of TriStar. I was fighting a guy from TriStar, but Alex Garcia was going to be in my corner. You know, I had guys like Levy Labrie, these world-class trainers, right? And yeah. uh, But three days before my fight, I ended up getting, I fucking ended up fucking up my knee. You know, tore some, not tore ligament, but... How, playing my, hockey? No, 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 um, training. So training. it was my last training session before the fight. Ugh. And... It was literally the last drill wrestling. It's called Shark Tank. So I'll go in there. I'm training for a wrestler. So they grab my leg and I start out trying to defend or whatever. As soon as I defend or if they take me down, new guy comes in, new guy. So it's always fresh guys coming in and I stay in the middle. But at the very end, I kind of hyperextended my knee, tried getting up and uh, just wasn't happening. Came back the next day, still trying to work and figure things out. kept happening. So I had to pull out. But that was kind of... Um, I, I I took a step back from MMA just because I couldn't do the. And what year was this? This was in twenty fourteen, maybe. 14, yeah, okay. twenty fourteen. Um. So yeah, so I took a step back from that, and I changed it up. I went and did a boxing match because already in shape. I said I'm sharp enough that I can uh, take on another fight without having to do the grappling aspect of it. So I jumped in a boxing match. That lasted a couple of exchanges, 16 seconds, uh, knocked the guy out. From there, did a K1 kickboxing match a few months after that. Another, you know, first round TKO type of thing. 
and uh now people are coming to watch you know pro yeah emotional guys offering contracts and this and that and it came to a point where i had to make a decision whether if i wanted to be a pro fighter and because you know when you get a contract it's not a one fight deal you're signing three four five type of stuff and i was like do i really want to fucking do this for the rest of my life like it was more or less kind of like hockey it was like uh it was just not like not a hobby but like it was something where i could i know what you mean stay in, you know stay you didn't want shape. to put all your chips all of them in yeah you're you're doing well i i can see how that would have been especially at that time where you would you have been married at that point no no i was uh i was single and uh so where you where you where are you living I'm still living in Where Montreal. Where were you living? Oh, you were living in Montreal. Yeah. Okay. So, so you go to these. You have a fucking really... And Montreal's a bit of a hotbed for that stuff. I didn't yeah. realize, but... Um, a lot I of big into names. A yeah. lot of big names. Yeah. So, right now, how old are you now? I'm 28. 28. Yeah. Do you look at going back? To fighting? Yeah. I do a lot of training. I train a lot of people. I still stay very active in it, like... You know, there's people that have a fighting career, which is not very long. And then there's martial artists that, you know, I want to do this for the rest of my life, you know. And, you know, and I'm sure most people that are fighters do it for the rest of their life. But um, as far as having a fighting career and having to go through it all, like, there's really, at the same time, like, there's not really a whole lot of benefits to it. There's not much money involved. There's your, a lot of your health is on the line. And, uh, like, you really got to love it or you really got to want it to do it. You yeah, can't half-ass it, you know? Yeah. Like, you half-ass it, your record will speak And you got to go all itself. in. You got to brand yourself. Yeah. You got to start all your social media. Yeah. You've got to be over the top with the, you know, you got to stay on top of your Instagram. Everything. Yeah. I, and uh, I, I, I know what, the, 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 I don't know, but I, I can kind of see what you mean. Yeah. It comes, you had to go all in or. Or, 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 or not. Like, yeah. it was either like. I got to put all my eggs in one basket to make it yeah. with this thing or like again and it's and it's not just the fighting part the fighting part is fun it's everything else to prepare for that the injuries that you get in training the early mornings the late nights train you know what i mean and like you i'd be falling asleep with ice packs on me just trying to recover for the next day and wake up and it's all melted all you know like wake up at three in the morning go for my run and still have to go to work an eight hour shift and all that totally shit, that's that's an interesting experience um yeah that that's really interesting so it takes, I, yeah it takes a special breed like these guys you know they're fucking they're specimens you know and and you know my hat's off to them and i mean but that's any athlete or any matter right if you're if you're gonna do it you want to do a good job and with fighting, you can't just fuck around with fighting no no know? that's like, why fucking you're you're tough man and all those <laughs> hockey fights and all those uh, UFC fights, all the training, and you had hockey, you had your UFC. Now you got Shorzy a bit of. I mean, you've really considering what a normal life span has in store for it. You you've experienced a hell of a lot before you're 30 years old. Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a five dollar bet and score one hundred and fifty dollars in bonus bets instantly. With the DraftKings Sportsbook app, you can bet on things like money line, puck line, over, under, and more. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with promo code THPN. New customers can make a $5 hockey playoff bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's promo code THPN, as in the Hockey Podcast Network, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for complete offer details. Let's face it, with coffee starting at $5, yes, even without any customizations, and our bank accounts somehow always depleting, we are officially entering a dupe session. Most products do the same thing, but are priced differently solely based on the brand name. So a good duplicate, or dupe, is crucial for getting the highest quality at the best price. One dupe that you definitely shouldn't sleep on are Raycon wireless earbuds. Raycon is premium audio at the perfect price point, so you can listen to what you want, when you want, all without breaking the bank. Spending less on earbuds means you don't have to worry about breaking the bank and are a great entry point if you're looking for your first pair of high-quality wireless earbuds. Raycon's mission is to prove that you shouldn't have to pay an arm and a leg for quality sound and essential smart tech listening features. You can get a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with some of those other more big-name tech brands out there. Raycon knows that in this economy, every purchase needs to be perfect. They offer buy now, pay later options, and right now, you can pay as low as $18 at checkout. Plus, they have an easy and free return guarantee. Still not sure? They offer two years of product protection insurance for just a few extra bucks, and they offer free domestic shipping and flat fee international shipping. But don't just take it from me, Raycon has over 50,000 five-star reviews, and it's easy to see why when you look at their great features like noise isolation and eight hours of playtime with their everyday earbuds. Plus, if you're looking for earbuds that you can wear at the gym, Raycon's earbuds are water and sweat resistant. Go to buyraycon.com THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com dot com slash THPN as in the hockey podcast network to score 15% off by Raycon.com slash THPN. You have a program called first assist. I know that that deals with, uh, I saw you in Dolo. I, you told me a little bit about the program deals with education through motivation, whether it be sports. Now I think you're going to branch off into other activities. I believe it's for indigenous here in Canada. My first question is, tell us a little bit about it. And uh, my second question or statement would be, um, you, I know that hockey is part of these programs. Do you, do you maybe think about maybe teaching them the ultimate fighting aspect as well, or at least the mixed martial arts, I mean? Yeah, that was like, so John Shabbat is the guy that's the founder of uh, First Assist. He played, you know, nine years in the NHL and yeah. 11 years in Europe, you know, so good hockey player, good hockey player. And, uh, when he was done with his with his pro career, he started, you know, focused on indigenous communities to, you know, give back. He's indigenous himself from Kitty Gunzibi First Nation. It's a place in Ontario. Anyways, he uh he was actually one of the guys that had scouted me for from Team Manitoba. So I played Team Manitoba my grade eleven, grade twelve year, and they had this uh T V show called Hit the Ice coming on. So they chose the top twenty players out of that tournament and he had scouted me and they brought us to Ottawa, ran us through like a two week camp. It was a reality TV show. Um, and, uh, so from there, yeah. So from there, you know, and so I guess what I'm getting at, I was 
an example of what he was trying to do for these different indigenous yeah, communities. He went through the program. Yeah. So when he had scouted me from from you know Team Manitoba, we did this two week show, brought in NHL players. Like it was really like a professional camp. You want to make it to that next level. This is kind of what it takes. Yeah. Um, so after that, and the playing junior, and uh, as one of the successes, quotation successes, like I end up leaving a community from up north to going to Notre Dame to, you know, taking that leap, you know what I mean? From, it's a big jump, right? So played with him, you know, with, with hit the ice. He brought me back as a coach season four, me and Sandy McCarthy and John Shabbat. Uh, we did the season, season four together and with these kids. And, and that's kind of how it all started. And he started bringing me up to different camps in these Northern communities. And essentially, so first assist is, again, to promote educational, you know, uh, attendance and, you know, all that stuff through sports. And, and so bringing me in, it was a good way of me being able to relate with the kids that I came from a small community, just like you guys. I lived off the land, yeah. I had all this hunt and fish and, you know, speak the language. And just by taking a chance on myself and leaving the community opened so many doors. And, you know, hockey was that, that that avenue for me personally and so taking the chance on myself to leave playing hockey i mean i wasn't no fucking pro hockey player by any means but i still went to the process and by doing so look at where it led me sort of say you know like i'm not no, i'm not a pro hockey player but I was, i'm able to i was able to for instance come on shorzy i was able to leave my community make new contacts go here uh get into the fighting thing Totally. And now, and now with all this, I can bring back to the, these communities and show them that like, you guys can do it too. And and uh, so, yeah, so it's more or less like an example like that. So with First Assist, we have the charity. We bring in, you know, NHL alumni. We the, Like he does tours like that. I was just on one with him. Like I'm not an NHL alumni by any means, but it's just the fact that you want to have that relationship totally. with these communities. Kids right? look up to you. I mean, it, it, it's not... I've been to enough of these kids. Just you see them out, and and they smile and they relate. Yeah. And the whole point is to motivate them to to have another goal, or yeah, you know, there's so many things: positivity, teamwork, a, a goal that you can work towards. Not everybody's going to make the NHL, but maybe I can skate a little bit yeah. better and be better on my team. Maybe you know, like you said, and then hockey's basically the vehicle to everything that you've done. Exactly. So, in, in saying that, so like I leave, I do this stuff. Maybe they want to, like, they'll leave. They'll initially start by wanting to play a sport, but then they get out, they get an education. They, you know, then they can come back to their community maybe as a teacher or a fucking nurse or or whatever it is, yeah. right? But it's more or less for the betterment of the community to make an impact on these different places. Like I said, these guys, they don't have access to good coaching and stuff so we have to go and see them to give them that opportunity and there's there's you know they do have programs where they'll send three or four kids out to do a hockey camp and they'll go back but there's only four kids benefiting we bring three four coaches in the whole community can benefit you dude know? i saw so, their on your instagram stories and dolos i saw their faces light up oh yeah some of those kids couldn't skate but they were so they were happier than uh fucking Austin Matthews tonight in the NHL playoffs. <laughs> honestly, man, their faces were lighting up. Yeah. Took them about, honestly, we brought, it nearly brought tears to my eyes. Look, the on-ice stuff. There was the off-ice. You know, you guys were eating and and 
there's another thing I like about this as because I do a, a few of these on my side right up in northern Labrador. I work with the Inu kids of Natwashish and Sheshishi a lot, and uh, so it, I've I've had a similar experience. Except I'm again always an outsider, right? So it's it's nice when I do something like that. Say when Aaron Ashram came to Newfoundland, because again, Ash is Métis, and they they see that oh, Aaron came from a place like us in Portage La Prairie. Yeah, you know, my buddies are from all over, but it's nice when I bring in somebody of indigenous background. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here's the thing: when you go, this is what I love about it. And the boys up there, um, they take me out once in a while when I go up, and they'll take me. I, I haven't been hunting. I'd love to go. Um, and they take me fishing here and there. First time I went salmon fishing, not that I caught anything, but they did. But I really enjoy it and, and being in Labrador and, and with the, you know, there's a real sense with the Inu I spend time with that they love living off the land, right? So when you say live off the land, and I know you're, you're big time, right? You hunt, you use every part of the animal that you possibly can, you yeah. fish a lot. Yeah. So you grew up like that? Was that? Was that a big thing? Like when you were five years old, it was normal to... To go out and, and hunt your supper? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like where I come from, 80% of the people live off the land. That's for true. one, it's just there's not so many jobs, right? So uh, their main way of eating is living off the land, you know, and they're eating caribou and fish, you know, two, three meals a day and stuff like that. But um, and at the same time, it comes with a sense of pride that you can provide not only for yourself and your family, but also for the community. Like when I was just up there, even when I was growing up I there. Love that, right? I, I just love that. Yeah. Like, and uh, for instance, Good Friday, you know, people are Catholic, you know, everyone's pretty, pretty much Catholic and everything. So they won't eat meat on Friday. So me and my dad go out, set a net a few days before, and we go hand out, you know, fish to, to all the elders. And, and so they have something to eat the day but it and they don't have to eat meat sort of say little things like that we were up there the last time three four guys go out hunting shoot 40 caribou but it's to feed the whole community yeah, it's not yeah. just for oh, one fuck. person it's great it's fucking what, so, what we're supposed to do yeah so and uh i mean all that stuff like we're i forget where we're going with this exactly but well i was just curious about the you know your relationship with the land is different than yeah, mine uh, yeah and i you know, I, I just really respect people that I love animals, too. And I think there are ways like, don't get me wrong. There's all kinds of mass production and shit goes wrong with it. You know, there's just so many ways that we, we mistreat our environment mm -hmm. and animals in general. And But I really, at least when I in my experience with the Inu and, and the indigenous, you guys have a pretty healthy, at least as far as my experience, you seem to have a, a very healthy relationship with the land and everything yeah. it, it provides. That's just basically what I wanted to yeah, talk no, about. Yeah, no, for sure, man. Like, and uh, again, that's something that, you know, humbles all of us and keeps us grounded. And and again, coming back to the sense of feeling good about yourself, being able to feed others, yourself. And that's another thing that we implement in the program. So it's not just sports oriented. So like, the last few times, like now in the summertime, we'll do a sports camp where one day we'll play flag football, one day we'll do soccer, one day we'll do baseball, and the fourth day we'll take the kids out on the land, sort of say. It's like we took, the, like we went to a place uh, in, in in Ontario this past summer, and we took the kids out fishing, and it's just to have that relationship as far as not just sports, 
but being cultural and knowing your identity. And there's a whole thing that comes with education. And now we're branching off where it's not just sports, like bringing in different people, like say somebody that wants to do a dance. Like, so say for example, we're going to have a hockey camp, right? It'll be hockey camp based, but not everybody wants to play hockey. You got girls that are there that maybe they want to, so bring up a girl, teach some dancing or a little bit of hip hop or bring an artist up. So this whole week will be a multi-diverse type of thing where everybody can somewhat relate to. And see, that's the idea of of, of, a, of a sports dressing room, anyway. Exactly. Right. So you're you're really just emulating what you want to see as as an athlete. This is it. Share, yeah. Going back to the community and sharing everything with you yeah. know every all of this to me is uniting people. Yeah, and just being a decent human fucking being. You know what I mean? Like, like you know, like uh, again, we want to give them options. We want to give them outlets. We want to build this bridge so that you know we have relationships. Like, if they want to leave. Give us a shout. If there's good hockey players, we see someone that's on, hey, would you be interested in going to this camp and blah, 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 and we'll set them up. Like, And John does a really good job with that, and you know, he really does it from the bottom of his heart. Like, he makes differences, finds ways to make difference. For example, maybe they don't want to be hockey players, but, okay, for the, he had this school in northern Ontario, and he made it. He had a he he deals a lot with the NHL alumni, Ottawa Senators, Jets, yeah. everything all over the place. But they had reading week. Whoever reads the most books in a month go into this draw, or whoever reads the most amount of books, well, you get a few free tickets to the Ottawa Senators game. So that type of stuff to yeah get kids into school, you know, and and again, just it's a great motivator, man. Yeah, you know, like different ways to find avenues just to make a difference. And again, we're not out there to try to make professional athletes. We want to let the kids have fun. And uh, you know, hopefully one day they pay it forward and you know make totally. Well, you're you're an example. He's better, you know. So Uh, it's it's a cycle and hopefully a positive one. I just uh, appreciate this. I just have a few more questions. I have a little segment called Rapid Fire Randoms. Are you ready for Rapid Fire Randoms, Andrew? Let's Zanon hear it. Let's hear it. Okay, here we go. Rapid Fire Randoms. First question. You're on death row. You got one meal left. You die tomorrow. You're going to get hanged. Because you murdered two single singer. You murdered Harlan. You, you fucking, he was pissing you off one day, forgot all his lines. You threw a frying pan at him and fucking hit him. He fell down, cracked his head off the ground, and now you're on death row because you're in there for murder. You got one meal left. What would it be? It would definitely be probably a roasted caribou head or some ribs or, you know, something like that. Roasted caribou head. Yeah. Wow. I've yeah. never heard of it's that. It's fucking delicious, man. So Okay, when I come up, I want, if this is possible, I want to go there before I go back. You said I might go up this summer. Oh, right? yeah, yeah. I, I want to I want to try this roasted caribou head. 100%, man. And Dolo came up too, uh, well, just a couple of weeks before coming up here. And, you know, he had the whole nine yards. So he had tongue, he had kidneys, he had heart, all that stuff, you know, but... Again, for me, some people, it's an acquired taste, but Caribou has definitely good, man. Like the cheeks, so tender, you know, like it, it's. I'll try it. It sounds a little savage, but it's. I, I eat boost a lot at home. The Caribou's not, it, it's an option in Labrador. I'm sure it's an option in St. John's in Newfoundland. I've seen it. I just, I don't eat it much. Maybe twice in my life. I have an idea. And, you know, like I said, I've, I've been on here the last couple of years. I've eaten mostly fish, but. Yeah. Uh, I make exceptions. That but I mean, if that's going to be my last meal, you know, like I don't get this stuff all the time being in the city. Right. So yeah. if this is going to be my last meal, man, I'm going to have something that I haven't had in a little while. And fair enough. That's a great pick. If you yeah. had a superpower, what would you pick? Superpower. 
Uh, we're keeping it PG on this, right? I suppose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I guess. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I would. Um, you like a big ten-inch cock? To be <laughs> <an inch. laughs> no, I'd probably be able. You know, flying would be cool. Flying would be. Flying cool, would yeah. be fucking super cool. Fly to wherever the fuck you want, whenever yeah. you want. You that know? really would uh, cut down on costs and be a lot of fun. Yeah. You want to take? You want to woo some chick? Hey, let's go flying around. She'll hop on your back. Oh, or your yeah. front and go fucking. That's Take true. Him for a little night out and takes care. And, yeah, takes care of a lot. Um, yeah, takes a lot of boxes. Well, exactly. Technically, boxes and boxes. <laughs> um, you, your favorite sports jersey of all time doesn't have to be hockey, but it can be. Favorite sports jersey of all time. You know what I like? Uh, and I like, by the way, you got to wear an iconic one. I would put Notre Dame is one of the most iconic Canadian hockey yeah, jerseys there is. Those are nice. That's definitely up there. Um. Yeah, I get. You know what? That now that you brought up, probably Notre Dame is a fucking nice one. Uh, but like as far as vintage and the way I like the look of things, the yeah. old Anaheim Ducks jersey is pretty fucking cool. Too. I heard they're bringing them back. Are they? I nice. I don't know. I just read an article, and one of those comes up on my flipboard on my phone. It was a reputable source. And it said that they might bring those back. Now I don't know if they meant as a third jersey or what. Yeah. But it would be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, who is your favorite player of all time? Favorite player of all time. Who did I like enjoy watching? Um, Chris Pronger was a good one. He was a good, solid defenseman. I mean, he was a tough guy. You know, uh, as far as and you played a lot of defense, right? Yeah, I played defense. Uh, you know, that was my position. So, uh, so for those that don't know, in the show, uh, I, I mean, I Terry Ryan was a forward, but Teddy Hitchcock, my character, plays defense. Andrew's Andrew was a defense playing defenseman, and he plays forward in the show. That's yeah, the that's I, that's what I, you know when we came to the show, I I probably should have thought is like I should ask what position am I playing? Otherwise, I would have chose a different you, number. You, look, you know, you look good up there, and you the were number four would be more of a you know defenseman number if I knew you were going to be playing up four. You know, yeah, like, I, you know I looked at it. I think matter. Michaels wears number nineteen. <laughs> I think, yeah. That, yeah, I think so. I think on this team, it just goes with the Bulldogs that we don't yeah, give a fuck about. We don't give a fuck. You know, um, we make it work. Who do you think? So it's any NHL player now or back in the day. Now you got one chance at it. It's the NBA Finals. It's 100 to 98. Let's just say the Celtics, Boston Celtics against the Lakers. And one NHL player gets the sub in and take those two shots. There's one second left. They got to make both of them. It's 100 to 98 for for the Lakers and this player. It's Boston. We're both in Boston, and you get to say one of these NHL players goes into. Who do you think got the best odds to make those both both those shots? If not, we both lose a hundred thousand dollars. Oh, geez. Um, you know what? Really, I think there's a lot of guys that could take those shots just off an athletic ability. But uh, if I had to choose one as far as accuracy and everything, I mean, you got to go with a skill guy. Eh? Like, okay. it's easy to go with, you know, McDavid or even Patrick Kane. You know, guys that are snipe shows, right? Yeah. That have a good eye for, you know, it, I would think. Puck, right? I would think if they're that athletic and there's a level of finesse to what they do, I think any of the above would be a decent yeah. pick. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, not to sound cliche or anything, or it sound you know just because yeah. McDavid's the hottest guy right now. But I mean, it's a good pick. You know why not? Why not McDavid? Exactly. If you were a DJ, what would your name be? 
Puffy, Puff Daddy. <laughs> Good. Uh, would it would it be uh, DJ Goody Puff Daddy or DJ Brant Branty Big Time? What about DJ DJ and DJ DJ and what was it in 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 UFC? The cannon, cannon, yeah. Maybe just the cannon, yeah. Just straight up the cannon, cannon no DJ yeah. nothing. No puff anything. Yeah. Just tonight, Turkey Joe's, the cannon. We'll be $25, reserve your tickets There we now. go. Simple enough. Get yeah. the point across. Just the fucking cannon. That's Who's it. your favorite sports figure of all time? Doesn't have to be hockey. Sports figure? Um, Anybody. Could be Tom Brady. Could be Babe Ruth. Could be Wayne Gretzky. Conor McGregor. Conor McGregor. He's fucking, he had quite the impact on... You know, the whole UFC industry and the way the fight game has evolved and all that stuff. And, and he's who, a megastar. You yeah, know? you're right. And who would you, I never asked you that ever, I mean, off camera or on or off the record or on, who did you model yourself after when it came to UFC? Uh, I liked watching, yeah, so that's a little bit more down my alleyway. I like watching UFC a lot. So uh, depending on what if it came to striking, you know, there's a lot like Anderson Silva was a fucking okay. shit to watch. Went back, you know, when he was in there, he was so fluid with his so head. Would, would he have been? Would you have paid attention to him as much as say you looked up to? I don't know Scott Stevens as a you know you, there must have been a defenseman that you looked up to. Yeah. Um, would, would it be the same? Would you? Would you like when I watched? I wanted to be a power forward. So players like Rick Tockett or, or Eric Lindros or Cam Neely, they really stood out to me. And like subconsciously, I'd probably look at them more than, you know, Paul Coffey or John yeah. Flaney or someone, even though they were great players, the ones that played my position. So for you, did you look at Silva the same way you looked at an NHL defenseman that you might look up to? Uh, no, man. I looked up to him even more, you know? Like, yeah. uh, interesting. Like, you know, I know, you know, this is, you know, big hockey audience and whatnot but i just yeah, it's just something care. it's just something uh i related with and i i took fighting a lot more seriously than i did with hockey because again like it's it is a very serious sport and i just really enjoyed watching silva like with just so much finesse no movement like, li very minimal movement and he makes it look so easy just slipping those punches and picking his shots the accuracy is fucking no, that's that's a great answer, man. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of people listen to this are into hockey. Honestly, a lot of people aren't. I think people listen to this for just because of your full of jokes and uh, you're, you're quite I would. The I, I don't know if you'd say jokes, but you know, if you're, I've often said, if you're tuning in this to get your updates on like what's happening in the NHL, you're probably in the wrong spot. People analyze the game. I have people on like yourself. I've lived much like you. My life has revolved around the sport, one way or another. Any opportunity that I've ever gotten, any right down to my daughter to to work opportunities to friends to travel it's all come at me directly or indirectly through hockey so people know that yeah exactly same here i had more opportunities out of anything in my life through because of hockey through hockey so yeah. through hockey so i think that's what people relate to that are listening to this like most people that listen to this are like you right or or, or like me i'm not saying i was a big nhl star i got a few fucking games but like we're still fans. Like we, you know, we're gonna watch the Leafs tonight, and we're gonna 
you know, come hell or high water, we, we all might not cheer for them, but we're hockey fans, yeah. and we'll sit here and we'll watch the playoffs. Well, most people listening to that, this are exactly that, and they've had to do other things, and they work at other things, and there's actors that listen to this. They're just yeah. like us, and there's you know plumbers and lawyers and fucking school yeah. bus drivers. That's what I love about it, and just like, from the feedback. And yeah. Everybody's connected in Canada through hockey one way or another. Even if you don't fucking like it, you're connected to exactly. it, right? And like even, for instance, it comes plays into like your different stuff that you go in through life maybe it wasn't just opportunities but say being able to have an eye for you know like some people see blood they pass out right hockey you see that shit all the time it, you know injuries all the time and i had to deliver my own fucking kid at home wow man and and it's that's a whole nother story in itself but um yeah like, is it ever when was this this was couldn't have been that long ago Fuck my kid. He's two years old. He was born December 17th. This was in 20, during the pandemic. So wait, so, was this bef this was right before we right were here? Right before Shorzy, yeah. So what happened was the mid we had midwives come. We were supposed to have a home birth. The whole thing with COVID at the hospitals was just fucking chaos. So uh, we had midwives that came over the night before, checked the old lady, see if, uh, you know, how she was dilation-wise and whatever. And they thought it was a smart idea. They stayed the night thinking that she was going to have the baby sometime throughout the night. Next morning, check her, not as dilated. Okay, I'm going to go see some other clients. I'll be back in like half an hour, an hour or something. So she left. Wow. And and now there's just me. I was supposed to go to work that day. It was just me, um, the old lady, and my stepson. And I'm like, well, I'm not fucking leaving if you're going to be here by yourself. Sure enough, she leaves. She's probably about 45 minutes up the road now. And she starts having contractions. We're downstairs in the living room. And like, I'm like, holy fuck, is this is this normal? Like, I've never been anywhere, even in the yeah, hospital, seen anybody. Know, yeah. Like, I don't know shit about shit. <laughs> Fucking, <laughs> oh, my God. You know what I mean? God. So I cannot imagine. Yeah. Oh my. So now she's Lord. Now she's squealing on the fucking couch. Like, and then like, but it's only while she has a contraction. When the contraction's like, she's fine. She's like kind of like laughing. I'm like, okay, well, this ain't I don't know what the fuck to do. Let's go upstairs, get you more comfortable, and get on the horn with the ambulance and fucking at least have them on call. Cause now they're turning around. The midwives are turning around, but they could not get here in time, right? So I call the ambulance, hey, you know, my my girlfriend's having contractions, yada, yada, yada. Uh, can you please come? But we live, like, we have, like, 12 acres where, where our place is, and, and it's kind of tricky to find our driveway. So they can't fucking find our driveway now. Oh, my God. So I have God. to call one of the can't guys. Can't find yeah. the fucking driveway, and this is happening. So then I, I call my other fucking, the guy that I was working with. I said, hey, meet these fucking ambulance guys on the road and bring them in. Okay, so it's just chaos. I'm on the phone. I'm trying to talk. And then I'm, all, I'm calling the midwives. What the fuck do I do? Like, let me know. And it was just happening so fast. Come upstairs. And now shit is getting real. Like, she is squealing. The other kid's crying, scared, not knowing what the fuck's going on. And uh, oh, she's wow. bleeding. And then, like, you know, I'm trying to get her comfortable, get her situated. I'm like, holy fuck. So then I get on the phone, try to call. Her mother, I said, you got to get over here. She's having the baby. I just need you to take care of the boy right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? Keep him occupied. And uh, and I remember my stepson, he was standing at the door and he was watching like all this. I was like, oh, fuck, he can't be seen this. So I take him, bring him to his room. I said, hey, buddy, you got to be brave for me right now. I'm going to take care of your mom. 
When I come back, you'll have a little brother. Yeah, you know, calm down. Just stay here for me. You know what I mean? Come around the corner and fucking, without getting into too much detail, the head's already out. Wow. Sticking out, eh? I'm like, holy fuck. Wow. I hang just, up the yeah. phone with, with her mom. He's like, you got to get here now. But run over. So I don't even know the exact time when the baby was born. Go up. I'm like, holy fuck. I grab the head and uh, I try pulling just a little bit. Doesn't budge. I'm like, fuck me. Wow. You know, like now I there's like not believe what I'm things hearing. going through my head. I'm like, holy going to get stuck. Fuck. Is it going to get stuck? Is it going to suffocate? You know what I mean? Or come out wrong or I fucking break its neck or something. That's exactly what I would be Not thinking. pulling it out properly. This is a little you know? fragile infant. Yeah. Like, that's the first thing I would think. But how can it smother? Exactly. It's the, I, I don't know. Yeah, I'd be freaking out. So then I'm like, and she looks over at me. She's like, is the head out? And I wanted to almost lie to her to make her feel more comfortable. I was, was going to be like, I was like, I was going to say no. I was like, I look up to her. I'm like, ah, yeah. Wow. Out. She's like, okay, next contraction, pull a little bit. And so I'm like, all right. And then she has wow, a contraction wow, wow, and wow, I wow. pulled just a bit and I feel it move a little bit and I just went with it, pull it out, fucking. And this is another thing that, Jesus, her, her water, Christ. what are you, fucking Chuck Norris? <laughs> her water didn't fully break. So that's another reason why the midwives weren't sure if the baby was going to come right away because her water didn't fully break. But it was, so it was still kind of in the sack. You know I what I mean? I so when I pull it out, I got fucking splashed with everything you name it eh? i'm like i'm like now i got the baby in my hand i'm like holy fuck like that is fuck? fucking incredible <laughs> so then I, I she sits up i hand her the baby run in the bathroom grab towels wrap it up and we're like okay like just wait and then literally a minute five minutes now there's 15 people in the fucking drive everybody shows up at once oh now they're and all there come yeah and they're like oh like Glad you showed this, and I was like, "Fuck! I could have used you like two, yeah, literally two minutes ago." You know what I mean? <laughs> what's and his uh, What's his name? His name's Andrew. I named him Andrew. So junior. Yeah, I fucked that. Junior, you know what? Yeah. If there's ever been a worthy junior, <laughs> it's, that is it. I That's fucking so. crazy, dude. Yeah, man, and fucking like, and I remember after all that. Now they're checking her. She's all good. You know, adrenaline's gone down. And I remember downstairs, like I was downstairs by myself. I had a moment to myself for like a split second. I was just like, what the fuck just happened? I literally just delivered my own kid. In I don't my know any house that, that, that did that. You know, as natural as possible. And the kid is healthier than a motherfucker, you yeah. know? Wow. And I'm like, holy shit, man. I'm like, what? As if this is the craziest thing that's ever happened. I don't care about how many fucking fights I've been into or any, you know, like that's one of those things where one second feels like 10 minutes. You know what I mean? Like, uh, it, it was completely so crazy. I, I am astounded. So, how's Andrew now? Is he running around? Oh, yeah. He's he's a wild cat, he looks, man. He I think pretty, yeah. I mean, I met him there briefly. He looked like yeah. he was a pretty excitable kid. Yeah. He, uh, he's definitely a boy's boy, man. He's, he's already fucking banged his head you know all over the place he's one of those kids will he had a bunch break of his ball with a base you know what i mean like he uh but that he's good though he's phenomenal good dude. man yeah you that you you cease to amaze me i got one more question i ask everybody before they go you got an all-time team let's just say we had a computer generated game i get to pick it five players and a goalie from all time and you do and hypothetically they're all in their prime they're all 27 27 uh, sorry 27 28 years old okay? okay so three players 
2D and a goalie, and you can't pick Gretzky, Howe, or or Lemieux, or any Montreal Canadiens. Okay. So, Sid the Kid would be up there. Yeah, it's a great pick. Uh, McDavid and, yeah, would be any, up there. Three forwards. They don't have to be like right wing or anything. Okay. Centerman played. I mean, the, best, can the best ever can that. figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Sid McDavid. That's too fucking Sid McDavid, awesome. which is, you know, I, a lot of people can. Yeah. And, uh, who else would be a good one? I, I don't want to say too many goal scorers. Like Sid the Kid can make the play. He can, he's dynamic he's great. Yeah, all he's, over, he's, right? He's good at all of it. Yeah. yeah, so he's definitely a good one to have. Like he can get in the yeah. corners and get the puck out. He You know, he could play all ends of the ice. McDavid just has so much fucking speed and just walk yeah. through everybody. Need one more with them. And uh, I want to say Patty Kane, but he's just it's just another skilled guy. You know what I mean? So like, yes, yeah, it's maybe, interesting. Would you go that format or not? I would probably have to go with Taze is a good playmaker too. You know, he's Taze good two way. Good, yeah. Taze in his prime was well, obviously. Taves. I don't think you can go wrong with any of the names you mentioned, but Taves, I mean, let's be honest. He was the captain of the Blackhawks for three Stanley Cups yeah. in about five years in a hard era to do it. Mm-hmm. They dropped off so fast. I think it's easy to forget that, but Taves, Kane, and the rest of the, you know, Seabrook, Keith, all those guys. Um, and even and as defensemen, uh, who would be good? Chara would be good because yeah. big dude, you know, solid can intimidate money no one guys. says chara no, yeah. i don't even think a chara but chara would be an obvious pick yeah i mean yeah. he's a great pick you'd have to put him and probably mix him the in there ever. with dowdy or keith one of those guys you know yeah but, uh and what about yeah. goal goalie fuck patrick Raw probably in his prime yeah but that's montreal canadian oh okay brodeur Good pick. Yeah. Yeah. Brother. Good. Hey, listen to me. Good pick. Only one. What would yours be? I want to hear pick. your opinion. Well, who would you choose? What would I choose? I think if I didn't say Sid the Kid, I'd be lying to myself. You think he's one of my favorites ever for the reasons that we said two way. Okay. Because McDavid is obvious, I'll pick somebody else. So I'll take. Joe Sackick's another good runner. He's a great player. You know who I think I'm going to take? Mark Messier on the left, and I'm going to take Eric Lindros on the right. And maybe I'm going to go with a little bit of a tougher mix. Um, Speed might get me there, but that's just interesting. This is all hypothetical. And uh, on D, uh, I think there's the first two that pop into my mind, given the rules that we're playing by, are Scott Niedermeyer and Chris Pronger. They're both shoot left, I know, but they're the guys. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, they're who pop into me. If it wasn't Niedermeyer, it would be coffee. But I just think Niedermeyer, Niedermeyer was a little bit better, res, more responsible defensively. And I net I would put Hasek. That's, again, my own personal experience. I think if you were to ask my dad, he'd probably have all different people from his generation. Yeah. Those players all not only do I look up to. The only questionable one there is Messier. And if I had to replace him, I think it might be with Steve Eisenman. Yeah, because Eisenman yeah. was fast for a zero two. I think he'd still be fast. He was two way. Messier, I liked. I didn't ever love, but there's no denying that he was a fucking great player. He's got five Stanley Cups. I mean, Gretzky left. They won it with Messier, and then he won again with New York. Gretzky didn't. So there's something to be said for Messier and his leadership. Anyway, that's probably that's that's what I'm saying this week. On another week, it might just be Patty Kane and 
Drew Doughty and yeah. whoever, right? But uh, even if, like, say, if I weren't to choose, if I had another option, but like, say, if I had McDavid center and Crosby or whoever Crosby on the wing or something, and even somebody that could play three ways as far as defense, offense, and mix it up, like as far as fighting that bring that toughness. Um, you know, Lucic is pretty good for that role. I mean, fuck, um, man. who the fuck else is there? Lucic, think about it. Like, he's, you could argue, but he's one of the heavyweight. Yeah. I mean, it's either him or Reeves or who you're going to go, McDermott. Or There's only so many that would be that. And, and a lot of people would say he's the toughest. Like, he had over 30 goals twice. Yeah. Like, that's fucking. Like, he can still keep up with the guys, yeah. you know, and he's a heavy, he's heavy, he's a heavy hitter. Yeah. You know? and, He'd never, in his prime, I, I, I just don't see him embarrassing you. How would he be bad on any line? Yeah. Put him with anybody. I mean, he's a fucking tough guy who got 30-plus goals, yeah. right? Oh, that's why Boston won Stanley Cups. Now, who's your that's, team that's now? Or, well, Boston, as we sit here and oh. speak, Boston just got knocked out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the Tampa are knocked out. Of all the teams left, the most recent Stanley Cup winner is Carolina in 2006. So wow. it's going to be a new that winner. That is a tricky one, eh? Um. To me, I mean, I'm in a hockey pool where you just had to pick players, so it's it's not like I picked a team, but I, I don't know. There's a lot of a lot of these teams left are fairly even, except one has Connor McDavid. That's really yeah. I'm I just if you really want to ice in the day, also have Dry and we can start. But I'm just saying these legacy guys, these generational guys usually find a way to win. And he's not a great player, he's a generational superstar. I would think at some point he's gonna win it. And right now he's in his prime with one of the best teams left. I don't know. I think it's set up for Edmonton. Yeah, it'd be nice to see them win too. It'd be nice for, you know, for McDavid to win too, right? It just yeah. kind of cements him as the best hockey player in the NHL. Right well, if now. that happens, then our arguments are over. Yeah, yeah. For sure. And, you know, the Leafs are right there. It could be Leafs-Edmonton in the final, man. That'd be nice. We yeah. haven't had it since 1993 a winner. And uh, at least there's a decent chance this year. Well, there's one in four. Yeah. Right? There's two teams left that are Canadian. Anyway, listen, my my friend, I really appreciate it. We've been on uh, almost an hour. I know I promised you a half hour. Um, but uh, our, our bus is coming in a few hours. we got to go in. We've got about five or six shooting days left of Shorzy. And uh, I guess then we'll go and do our thing. But for me, this has been, what do you think now, honestly, without giving anything away? And I, I, I'm not going to do that again. I've been known to slip up. But, <laughs> but I really, I don't know if it's just me, but the first year I didn't know what the production, what the post-production would look like. So I didn't know how they were going to cut it. It didn't feel as funny, even though when I looked at it, I was like, oh, this is pretty good. But I couldn't tell. Now that I know the characters and how they edit it, it's often hard for me to keep a straight face because like the scene we did yesterday, like now I have an idea how that's going to look and it's really, really hard not to laugh during where I, I don't remember having that problem last year, but holy fuck, man. Um, and congrats to you. You've really, you, you have though, you've become a lot better and I'm no, I'm not like I'm Robert fucking no, no, De Niro, no, no, I but I, I got, I got, a, I got a decade, just over a decade now experience at this stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And, uh, I really do. I find you're getting a lot better. You're more comfortable. And, uh, you know, you're pointing out stuff to me when we're out there. Hey, you yeah. know, you might want to put your hat on because you didn't have, like, you're a continuity guy now, you know? <laughs> yeah. like, well, I like to fucking, you know, like, I was green as a, as fuck coming in, right? And yeah. then 
And so like now, like I was just very observant on the first season. You learn a lot, learn off of guys like you, the yeah. way you you have your character and the way that, you know, just where the camera is and all this shit, right? Yeah. But uh, at the same time, just being more relaxed and like if there's a difference between the first season and the second season, the second season is the first scene with a lot more mustard on it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like you can get a whole lot more laughs. You know, you totally yeah. there's like I'm loving it. Wait, even as we're reading the, the script the day before, like I can see it play out in my mind, but I yeah. couldn't the first time. I was like, with these characters, what's gonna become of them, you know? And then you see like like what it looks like on camera, like holy fuck, that looks good. And then there's the music that plays in and just the way they work it's the so camera, fucking good, you know? man. The like, people for I don't those think that don't know ready for it, man. It's uh, gonna people be are gonna fucking good. love it and Honestly, what a wicked crew we got here. The yeah. crew is like a big hockey team. That's exactly it. Isn't so, it? like, and you know, like we were talking about, you know, actors, they, they always kind of stay, like, and I'm not talking shit or anything, but they kind of stay in their own lane. They're their Some own person kind of thing. And like, uh, but as a, like on this shoot specifically, it's like we're all a hockey team. No matter if you yeah. play hockey or not, you know, how we include everybody. We go out to dinner all together. We, you know, go to the clubs together. We, just include everybody in everything that we're doing and that creates a special kind of chemistry that we have and we could bring that onto set and just fucking flow with things and you know like one or two takes boom we're done they like it move on and we just have yeah. a cool cool crew man really i agree cool. with i agree with you buddy it's uh it's very exciting and uh i'm excited to see what the future has in store listen Congrats on everything that you've done so far. Good luck with the first assist program. Um, I, I We're going to have a good next week and a half, you and I and the team here both, and hopefully see you over the summer. Is there anything that you want to say? Is there anything else you need to promote before we take off? No, man. I mean, that's pretty much it. I, uh, like you said, I'm working a lot with first assist, and our goal is to, you know. Is there a website? Yeah, it's first assist. Uh, you know, it's at firstassist.ca and it's on, it, there's a link on my Instagram page and stuff. And that will pretty much tell you everything about it. The communities we go to, the relationships we form, our goals, all that type of stuff. And if you, you know, if people are interested in having us, shoot us a note. And uh, what's good about it is if they can't afford, you know, whatever it costs, the charity will cover the rest. So it's not about a money thing. It's actually trying to get to places and make things happen you know without having to have a budget or financial yeah. thing you know so so yeah that's uh okay that's summer that's what i'm doing i'm building a couple cabins i'm gonna do some camps with some kids and you know get you guys to come help me out once in a while and tell your stories and and all that stuff so make yeah that's it so again man thanks terry for having me and shit it was it's always a treat getting to talk to you and uh and yeah Thanks yeah, a lot, man. It's it's no, it's been great. We're gonna have a good next uh, week and a half or so, and I'm looking forward to everything that we do in the future. And it, it's not just gonna be Shorzy. I think you and I are gonna be friends for life. The sky's the limit, my friend. Thanks yes, again. Sir. Thank you, Terry. Okay, folks, that is uh, Andrew the Cannon, Aunt Sannon. Uh, goody from Shorzy. Thanks a lot. It was an awesome time. I appreciate you guys tuning in and I know it's been a, a very sporadic lately. It's going to get back to normal after the 11th when I get home, but, uh, stay tuned and, uh, episode 152A will be up tomorrow. And then another guest this Thursday, which should be Tassia Teles, who plays Nat, 
on Shorzy and is also stars in many other shows, including The 100, which I hear is very, very popular. If you're downtown St. John's this weekend, why not check out Trinity Pub, TJ's Pub, Rob Roy Confusion, Greensleeves, Martini Bar, or the Bull and Barrel. If you're going to go for a bite to eat, why not do it at Merchant Tavern, Blue on Water, and Wedgwood Cafe. Rope Walk Lane, if you want to work out, go check out Power Conditioning, Strength and Balance for the Body and Mind. Power Conditioning, run by Ryan Power, changed my life. Living proof that uh, not only did it improve my mindset and uh, physical endurance and abilities, but it definitely um, got me structured, regimented, and uh, three times a week I'm in there, and it really, it uh, certainly changed my life in a positive, positive, positive way. I recommend it to everybody. If you're not working out with Ryan Power, do something positive. Get out there, write a book, uh, run a mile, uh, work out, uh, write a song, whatever the hell you're going to do. Just get out and do it. It's the spring. It's a time. Things are changing. Things are coming to life. It's going to be a great one. So get out there and experience life. Mr. Lube, two locations in St. John's on Torbay Road and Kenmount Road. Mr. Lube, Live, Laugh, Lube, run by my buddy Chris Sparks, herder champion, national champion, and uh, world bronze medalist. Hopefully he can add to that. Chris Sparks playing for Team Canada, Masters Division Ball Hockey, coming up in August, along with four or five other Newfoundlanders. Check along with that. And uh, what else? Pitbull Pain Relief. Pitbullpainrelief.com. The pain sticks that don't quit. I use them almost every day. Folks, thanks for tuning in to 151C featuring Andrew the Cannon and Sanon. I'll be back in just a few days with Tessia Teles and more. Catch you on the rebound. Thanks for tuning in.